This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, June 3rd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Dowling. Here's today's headlines. A new approach to drought. Solar leads to higher rates. House Ag Chair warns Biden on taxes. And Corteva sets first greenhouse gas targets. Drought cutbacks may come in the form of voluntary agreements. Water users among individual tributaries are hoping to avoid state-mandated cutbacks through a voluntary approach. State Water Board staff this week said they have yet to see any such agreements and would have to evaluate each one for balancing the needs of all water users while providing sufficient carryover storage for next year. Board members also raised concerns over whether the agreements could be implemented more quickly than the regulatory route. Emergency regulations would likely take months to complete well into the drought. Staff also pushed for agreements shared among a broader set of water users rather than being too localized. Board member Tam Doduk said emergency regulations could still provide the framework and focus for voluntary negotiations to take place. Now keep in mind, progress made through negotiations over voluntary agreements for the board's Bay Delta plan could serve as a model for such drought agreements, according to board members. Dems spar over who pays for rooftop solar. During an assembly floor session on Wednesday, Assemblymember Lorena Gonzalez of San Diego argued low- and middle-income taxpayers should no longer pay higher energy rates to incentivize rooftop solar panels on homes. Her bill aims to shift the cost for subsidizing the installation to the state. Gonzalez said this bill goes away if the damn Public Utilities Commission does their job. Yet Assemblymember Al Mirastachi feared the bill would eliminate what is perhaps one of the most successful programs to incentivize clean energy. The California Farm Bureau had been concerned that changing the parameters would lead to increased regulatory uncertainty. The Utilities Commission is also considering a net metering tariff, which the Farm Bureau anticipates will have significantly higher ongoing costs than those currently in place. Farm Bureau is now neutral on the measure following clarifying amendments. Republican Assembly Member James Gallagher of Yuba City, who opposed the bill, pointed out that California's residential consumers pay 80% more for energy than anywhere else in the U.S. Assembly Member Isaac Bryan of Los Angeles, who was sworn into office last week, noted that the conversation is pitted environmental justice versus economic justice, working families versus saving the planet. House Ag Chairman warns Biden on taxes. President Joe Biden's proposal to eliminate stepped-up basis and tax capital gains at death has run into opposition from a key Democrat. The chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Georgia Democrat David Scott, says the tax plan could hurt farmers even though the tax liability would be deferred as long as a family farm stays in operation. Scott says in a letter to Biden, the potential for capital gains to be imposed on heirs at death of the landowner would impose a significant financial burden on these operations. Additionally, my understanding of the exemptions is that they would just delay the tax liability for those continuing the farming operation until time of sale, which could result in further consolidation in farmland ownership, he said. 
This would make it more difficult for young, beginning, and socially disadvantaged farmers to get into farming. And why it matters? Scott's letter is especially noteworthy because he's saying that just deferring tax liability is not enough. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak West after this. Registration is now open for the 2021 AgriPulse Food and Agriculture Policy Summit West. AgriPulse editor Sarah Wyatt says California's ag future is at stake. Between the water shortages and the regulatory burdens and the labor shortages and trying to come back after COVID, how California is going to continue to be competitive. The summit features views from a diverse group of government, environmental, regulatory, and agriculture leaders. The take-homes will be about how California agriculture is resilient through all these tough times that they're finding new and innovative ways to succeed and to come together and be part of that solution. Make plans to attend the AgriPulse Food and Agriculture Policy Summit West, Monday, July 12th at the Grand Sheraton, Sacramento. Virtual registration is also available at www.agripulse.com. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak West. Corteva sets first greenhouse gas targets. Corteva AgriScience, the seed and ag chemical giant that resulted from the Dow-DuPont merger, is out with its first commitments to cut greenhouse gas emissions. The company says the pledge is in line with the goals set in the Paris Climate Agreement to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Rather than this being a target of what we think we can do, this is a target of what we need to do to do our share to contribute to meet the Paris goal, Josiah McClellan, Corteva's corporate sustainability leader, told AgriPulse. By 2030, the company says it will cut the intensity of emissions from its internal operations and electricity usage by 65% from 2020 levels. The intensity of its supply chain emissions, which includes the emissions from commercial seed production, will be reduced by 20%. Reductions in intensity reflect cuts relative to the company's projected revenue, meaning that the cuts are indexed to company growth. By the way, the pledge still must be validated by the Science-Based Targets Initiative, an independent group that evaluates corporate carbon commitments. USA Rice waiting on duties for Indian rice. The office of the U.S. Trade Representative has proposed hitting India with retaliatory duties on brown basmati rice following the conclusion of an investigation into the country's digital services tax. USTR announced the tariffs on Wednesday on India, Austria, Italy, Spain, Turkey, and the United Kingdom, but suspended them for 180 days to provide more time to complete ongoing multilateral negotiations. The USA Rice Federation says it is strongly in favor of the tariffs on Indian rice. We understand that rice was not the intended target for these digital service tax investigations, but retaliation provides the opportunity for the U.S. to start leveling the playing field against India's blatant over-subsidization of their domestic rice production and exports, says Peter Bachman. USA Rice Vice President of International Trade Policy. Rural House Dems press for broadband funding flexibility. 
The Blue Dog Coalition, a group of mostly rural House Democrats, is asking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to allow broadband funding to be flexible in President Joe Biden's infrastructure bill. In a letter, the group says rural Americans deserve the same access to Internet speeds as their urban counterparts. We were encouraged to see the Biden-Harris administration recognize the importance of targeting unserved and underserved areas for broadband infrastructure funds under the American Rescue Plan, the 11 lawmakers said. We hope that the upcoming infrastructure package will build on that success and that improved data collection can better target broadband investments in unserved and underserved communities. Here's today's He Said It, You Recess Too. That Senator Stephen Bradford of Gardenia, in response to an anti-vaccine protester disrupting the Senate floor session on Wednesday, forcing a recess as officers removed the protester. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, June 3rd. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West... I'm Jeff Daly.